Don't Talk to Me Unless It's About the Echo Wife by Sarah Gailey. Sophie and I are discussing the first half of this book that's a little bit sci-fi and a little bit thriller. Don't forget, you can submit audio messages with your thoughts on the topics we discuss at DontTalkToMePod.com. We've been reading The Echo Wife by Sarah Gailey, and we've read up to page 128. That was the end of chapter 17. And we've got our main characters, Evelyn, Martine, Nathan, Syed. And yeah, to start, what have been your your first impressions? Things you've liked, not liked, your thoughts on the characters to start? Yeah, I mean, I think what was funny is I didn't really read in, into the book very much. And I was more curious of what made you choose it. Um, I I don't know. It, it was a surprising topic. I feel like all the characters are complex, but then not. Uh, they're they're almost predictable in their ways. Especially, I mean, for Martine, that's something to be expected. But the other ones, more so, you kind of could see their behaviors starting to repeat themselves or things happen. Um, so, yeah, I've enjoyed it. I don't think I would have picked it out myself. Um, but I, I enjoy reading it. And it's, a, it's an interesting... Um, idea of what you know this concept of hiding a murder in a different way with a clone because <laughs> i'm yeah. i guess we talked about i like murder mysteries i was like oh great this is hmm, interesting a clone murder mystery <laughs> yeah well that so this is also not the usual genre i would read i've been kind of experimenting with some more i don't even know if you consider this science fiction or like but sci-fi e at least what it feels like to me books or like I've been listening to some podcasts, fiction podcasts have been in kind of sci-fi-y. Um, and so this was the kind of book that I feel like for me was, okay, I'm going to push myself to read outside of my normal genre. Um, and I think it was, I think I found it as a recommendation based on this other suspense kind of book that I read. Um, I think it was called Something in the Water. And, but it didn't have any like sci-fi elements to it. Um, and what I'm noticing is that and the, on the one hand, I really like suspenseful books. And I also get kind of annoyed when in the beginning, there's just like so much foreshadowing. Like it feels like there's just all this like, and, and yet to come was going to be like my destruction. And I'm kind of like, okay, give me a little less drama to start. And so I was, I was kind of happy once it was like, I think once you got a quarter of the way in that, that whole thing kind of stopped or like became less. Totally. And, you know, I appreciated that the somewhat of the climax of the book so far was more closer to the beginning, right. Of the murder actually happening or the killing or however you would define it. Um, So then it's kind of going from there of this, this conflict with the characters of what they do. Um, So it's nice that, yeah, you're right. Like that drum, drum, dramatic part happened quickly instead of more of this buildup of we know he's gonna die <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly yeah it's like you still like pretty much right away um yeah. and when they first did kill him I was like how in the world are they gonna get away with this like they're digging a hole in their backyard this is like murder one-on-one don't do that <laughs> you know I thought the same thing it's, and there's that like neighbors are kind of like it's not like they lived in this deserted area without neighbors and things it's raining it's so dramatic <laughs> well well then it made me think you know actually except yeah I was like okay 
maybe we're just kind of like pretending reality doesn't exist for this thing. And like, you can get away with murdering someone and burying them in your backyard. But then it made me think, actually, maybe this is showing how isolated Nathan's life was. Like, how crazy is it that no one in his life seemingly knew about Martine? Because obviously if they met her, they'd be like, is that Evelyn? You know? And like, if he was able, I'm so curious in the second half, if they're going to show more of like the time when Nathan created her and what that first kind of phase of her existing looked like, because how, I don't understand how he's kept her secret from everyone in the world so far. That and how he went missing. I mean, how long have they been now working on this cloning project? Has no one, have they not been alerted by the police or if that's not a worry, you know, there's this time in between where you're like, wouldn't they be investigated by now or someone would notice he's not there? Mm-hmm. The whole, but I, what did they say? The excuse for him being gone. They, they told his coworkers he was on vacation or something, but it was a really brief, like that. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't even something that was that detailed or, you know, it, creative. <laughs> yeah. And Oh, well, okay. She, I, I was going to say, how did Martine even explain herself? But I think she just said she was his secretary. Yeah. 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 So did you see it coming that they were going to clone him? I, I, I didn't. And like looking back at it, I'm like, oh, duh, I should have seen that. <laughs> I thought that's exactly was my thought too. I think I was more just like, why would they bury him in the backyard? Yeah. This doesn't make sense. And then when that clicked, I was like, oh my goodness, this woman is so intelligent and she didn't first think to do this. It's yeah, it was funny. Um, yeah, what, yeah. what a time do you think this is set in? I was trying to figure that out. Is this the future? How far in the future? Um, I guess, how do you imagine? I imagine the architecture much more modern and clean. Oh, interesting. I've actually been picturing the world to look exactly like it does. But you're right. I've been picturing in the future. So things would look different. But I've been picturing it like maybe, you know, the year 3000, like not that far in the future. Or or even like, no, 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 not even 3000. Like, Somewhere in the later 2000s. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of how I think of it, too. It's not it's not as far out. I mean, that typical sci-fi would have these alternate realities or more detail about their environment. But I definitely don't think it's now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but I, and I haven't looked this kind of thing up yet. Like, it's possible that this technology does already exist. Do you know that? I, and it's just, like, not ethical to do it. I think it does. Yeah. but clearly in this you know more simple novel it shows very quickly how things can become complicated yeah yeah what have been your first thoughts about evelyn i don't really like her yeah (laughs) i at first i appreciate how she was explaining how dedicated to her work she was and you know, these creativity, that aha moment she had while she was scrambling eggs or something. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was kind of cool. But I I don't know. I feel like she got so lost in her work that she just lost sense of reality. But at the same time, learning about her childhood, I think she was basically programmed to be like that. 
Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. She, I mean, I feel like on the surface level comes off as like pretty totally unlikable. Um, and then you see those things from her childhood, which I feel like makes me sympathetic. And then also makes me be like, why don't you go to therapy to process some of this? <laughs> um, but then I also find myself like I was writing down all these things about her that I can relate to. And I think it's almost like I hate her so much because I see those mm. like hateable parts of myself in her. Um, like, uh, let's see, she had, there was a part where she was just assuming the worst of intentions. I think it was in Martine, like Martine, maybe when she un- helped unpack the house and she was like, was she just trying to show me that I'm like a slob or like, and you're like, oh no, she was just being helpful, but I'll do that so often where I assume like some kind of ulterior motive in something someone does. Um, and she, you know, she looks down on others and she kind of alternates between like either totally blaming herself and feeling like all this self-loathing or feeling like super superior and like is never really in between. And I know I have moments of doing both those things also. Um, the last book I read actually, Sorrow and Bliss, had quotes like this as well about, they were talking to the character about, you know, oh, you want to be extraordinary or just like horrible. And you couldn't stand the fact of just being an ordinary person. Yeah. And so I relate to that. And I think that's yeah. a really good example of Evelyn too. Yeah. I really like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's one extreme or the other. You couldn't really be in the middle. You had to go all in of something. And then being almost so extremely successful made her horrible. Because <laughs> it it showed that kind of everything worked. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's a parallel for most things in life. When you go so hard in one thing, you kind of lose sight of others and... You, really the most successful people are the ones that have one solid goal. I mean, successful in the way, you know, you define success in different ways, but probably the ones who are either monetarily or athletically successful are the ones who are a little more tunneled. Yeah. I don't know. I think I'm, I feel like we're starting to see, there's definitely still like, I don't know, you hear about like Elon Musk and Steve Jobs being like completely singular focused. And like, that's obviously brought, you know, had brought them great success but I do like that I feel like in sports, we're seeing more athletes who like have some kind of side business or creative project. I think you also still see the classic single-minded person still successful. It's not like those people aren't there. Um, but I think that's like that story is almost more exciting to share of the person. Who oh, went totally. All in. Yeah. 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 That or I think our culture's changing where that balance of things is more encouraged, but probably, you know, you were taught, put your head down and work hard. Yep. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I like that quote though. I thought that's really interesting. <laughs> I've been thinking about it a lot. <laughs> yeah. Looking at the cloning technology, I really, I think, I'm tempted to see it and just say, this is bad, dangerous. Um, and, and I'm trying to push myself to see, you know, actually what could be some benefits that could come from this kind of thing. And so I'm curious for you, what do you see as what would be, I mean, this technology, like we said, probably does exist right now. Um, but let's say it was like being used. 
what do you feel like could be some of the good things that could come from it and what would be some of the scary things that we'd want, wouldn't want? Yeah, I have a hard time with this question because I just don't see how in the long run it could be beneficial just because it's not natural to the way humans function. There's just so many potential flaws that it could have happened. There's an interesting, David and I started watching an interesting HBO movie. I forget what it was called, but I actually had to stop because it made me so sad. And it was about this man who knew he was dying and he had a wife who was pregnant and a three-year-old boy and didn't want to tell them. So he went to this cloning place to clone him and have him return and he would just die at this cloning place. So then wow. his would never know he died. And they were able to just transfer his whole subconscious into this other being. Wow. Um, so that's kind of what I've been thinking about. And I think maybe starting to watch that movie and then starting this, I kind of have been set in a setting just because of that. But I, I had to stop it because it was so sad of the things he was going through of making this choice to never see his family again. Um, but at the same time, it would prevent a lot of heartache for his family in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't know. That's the only way that I could see that going well and actually ending up not harming loved ones. And then, but then it begs the question, like, is that actually him? Yeah. yeah is exactly. that an honest or ethical thing to do to his family? Yeah. Yeah. And then you think about, you know, how things are supposed to be meant to be, right? That whole mindset. You're just then avoiding conflict and avoiding hard times. Yeah. Yeah. I also haven't really been able to think of a great, any great pros in terms of creating a whole human, I could see benefits to, you know, creating organs, you know, not needing organ transplants. Like we can just grow you a new heart and transplant it. Uh, that's a, yeah, that's a really good point. And, and that has to be coming. I would hope so. Um, yeah. yeah, it's. It, you know, cause then, it, you know, when people talk about, oh, there's going to be all this AI in the future and like robots will do all these jobs. I'm like, are those robots going to be kind of like a basic simplified version of these kind of clones? Is that like, is that kind of the same thing? And then is that going to like, are we going to become more simple in the way we interact with people then? Because you're not going to have connections even in your day-to-day. -day. I mean, look at wearing masks, how that's how we've lost connection with others. Mm -hmm. You can't really show them you're smiling um, yeah. when you're at the grocery store. You know, those simple things are good human connections. Um, like with Martine, you know, she's only capable of so much. Um, mm -hmm. You could never really get your honest, get an honest interaction. Yeah. Well, she, I just, I kept thinking with her, just this whole conflict of, like, does she really feel heartache? It seems like she really feels like heartache and hurt and like the same emotions that you and I feel. And then 
I think, yeah, I guess, you know, the question is, is she any less than human, you know, than Evelyn? Right. Yeah, I think we're jumping ahead to one of your other questions. Yeah, well, let's <laughs> just, yeah. Great. I really liked that question because um, I think it, the main part of that question was, asking if you kind of know someone's capability or what she can or can't do can you blame them for that mm-hmm. and in a way i like thinking about that of how you know everyone has their own capacities yeah but could she ever change could she ever grow and learn or is she programmed to just be that way they make it seem like in the book okay she is programmed you know she literally can't sleep unless it's at these hours she whatever i forget the exact things that nathan kind of programmed her not to do but i keep wondering are we going to see later in the book that she actually can like bust out of her programming the sci-fi comes to action and yeah clones. <laughs> the clone the is alive revolt. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, I think it would show that human, if she's truly a more authentic being, that hopefully she does learn and is able to do more. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the, um, I forget the exact way I'd pose the question to you about this idea that, okay, Martine, because Martine is limited and couldn't do certain things, Evelyn would just be like, just kind of forgive her and be like, oh, she can't figure this out. And it made me think there, you know, everyone has things they're not that good at. And what if I just looked at people that way of like, oh, so-and-so is just, you know, organization doesn't come naturally to them. I'm going to stop expecting them to just develop this skill. But then I wonder, okay, would that be actually a very helpful, compassionate thing to do? Or would that be kind of like uh, a fixed mindset, you know, not a growth mindset. I think, I mean, a good leader is someone who puts people in roles that they know they can excel in and then maybe in, maybe push people in certain ways knowing who can be pushed and who can't. But I do think that being emotionally intelligent involves understanding where what people can and can't do or where their strengths are. I had that when I was the nurse supervisor um, in Bellingham. It was like, for me, I always take on all these things and we should always be busy and we should never have downtime. So I just, on my, uh, you know, other nurses I was working with was like, okay, here's all the rules for everyone. And learned like Jane can do, uh, she's really good at this job. And if I, if I put more on her plate, she's not going to do that job well or any of the other jobs well. Um, so trying to kind of learn that, it took a while. I mean, I wasn't perfect at it. But I do think that is a sign of a good leader is is understanding that. Yeah, figuring out what everyone's strength is and... But I don't I think mean, everyone can has the capacity to really learn everyone's strength or no because then it's the other side of if you limit people and not push things on them are they ever going to grow or expand yeah there's probably some things that we do have the 
capacity to grow in and other things we some things we probably have very big capacity to get better at. And there might be other things that for each of us, I can get a little better at it, but it's it might always be my point of challenge or some, you know, my kind of weakness, whatever you mm. want to call it. Yeah. And I, do you think the closer you are with people, the more easily you can push those buttons and more easily, because I think about that with my closer relationships with friends or with my husband. It's like, I know what he's capable of. He's, I know him probably the best out of anyone, but sometimes I want him to be more capable of other things. So I'm going to make him be. <laughs> yeah. Well, it makes you think with siblings, um, sibling, you know, family relationships are, are so wonderful in so many ways. And also, like totally have dynamics of everyone knows everybody's weak points and like can't help but point them out or joke about them or bring them up and then like kind of limit each other in that way. Yeah, totally. So you wonder if Martine and Evelyn will get closer and then that's how I, that's what I think is they're going to realize all of Nathan's flaws Mm. and then maybe get closer and then somehow have some kind of divide. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very curious to see you because you can see a little bit of Evelyn, you know, admitting she kind of wants Martine to help out. She wants her there. She doesn't want to be in it alone. Um, And I'm, yeah, very much hoping for Evelyn to kind of keep opening up. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. It'll be interesting to see how the book goes from here. Yeah, definitely. So Evelyn always is bringing up that she blames herself for Nathan's death. And I look at it like, I don't see that at all. Um, do you see her as kind of, you know, like responsible for his death? I don't see her as not responsible. <laughs> I don't think she <laughs> is the primary reason, but there were clearly conflicts amongst the relationship between Evelyn and Nathan that caused Nathan to create Martine and that technology to be shared by Evelyn and all of these things. So, um, I mean, she made the technology too. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she, did she know about Martine before she met her? Yes, she shop? did. She had, yeah, she had figured it out. There was that story about her finding a hair on Nathan's Yeah, but did she jacket. know it was the clone? Oh, yes, because I she found she that did. hair and she ran it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, yeah, I think, I think Evelyn is equally to blame with Nathan for their marriage unraveling, I think you know, takes two to tango. Um, but then when I look at it, I'm like, well, either way, Nathan was leaving Evelyn in the one scenario he was going to leave her for her clone, which he made this clone. And then it's his fault that his clone killed him. Um, or he was going to leave her for like a real person. And maybe that real person would have killed him too. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Really, he's to blame for that because he created this clone that didn't quite have the capacities or was the selfish thing for him. So I don't really have empathy for him. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he also definitely has not been painted in like 
any positive light. Um, I really hope we're going to learn more about their relationship, like when it was good, when it was bad. Do you have, as of now, any, I guess, predictions for what really happened in their relationship, how things unraveled? I feel like she's layered in a little bit of that, but it's kind of like not only blaming herself for his death, but I feel like she's blamed herself for their divorce and her just neglecting him and not seeing the signs and being so focused on work. So I think that's probably where, because when they were analyzing his subconscious, there were things coming up of how he still had that like sense of true love for her. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think he still really loved her, but just didn't know how to how to make the relationship work. So instead he just chose what he wanted in her and made her into a glow. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. She, I feel like all her memories of him, it makes me think that like, did she, or does she even have the capacity to really love someone right now? Cause basically every time there's a happy memory, she's like, and then I was being a sucker because I, you know, believed that, he loved me or that this was a good idea. Uh, well, you and, wonder if she yeah. has that capacity in general. I mean, based on how she was raised by her father and things. Mm-hmm. That I'm sure that she, the way her form of thinking, it goes logic, then it goes emotion, then it goes, oh, back to logic. I need to sort this out. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. The way they got engaged to me was pretty insane i was like this (laughs) this seems very unhealthy to end this argument with no real discussion of it um it also was crazy to me that she got an abortion without talking to him um i think it's totally fine to be like i'm doing this and i don't actually want any other input because it's my body and i'm choosing and also it's just yeah goes to show their really where the relationship was at that she just thought it was okay to like not even talk about it at all I and it also I think it also just shows that she can't talk about those things. Yeah. She doesn't have that capacity. And I think probably Nathan always wanted that in her and was never mm-hmm. finding it. So, you know, like you were saying earlier, why didn't you just go to therapy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it almost honestly it's funny as we're talking about it now, I'm like, it's almost like Evelyn is a robot or a clone. <laughs> is that gonna be, you know? A zinger. Wouldn't that be a plot twist? <laughs> yeah. Naid made her. Oh. She seems honestly more robotic than Martine in many ways. Yeah. Maybe Saeed made her and then made her think that she created it all. Yeah. Who knows? Well, okay. Also with the, this whole idea that, you know, um, Nathan made like the quote, more perfect Evelyn for him. It made me think of, If we were, would it even be a good thing if every person on earth got rid of, like, quote, their flaws, you know, their, if people were never frustrated, if they were never angry, if they never said things they regretted? Like, I think in many ways I go around, I live my life wishing that was the case. And then seeing it kind of in action with this book makes me question that more. I think you don't get authenticity if you don't have that conflict. 
that's the frustration with Martine. You know, she's never, I mean, she says she's sad or frustrated, but you, I don't know. I never feel like it's really genuine. Mm-hmm. Like, does she really know what that means or feels like? Or does she have memories of when she was like that when she was four? Yeah. Does she, like, does she even have memories? Yeah. Is that a thing that's programmed into her? I don't even know. Yeah. I don't know. Um, does she have Evelyn's memories? No. Because she's not Evelyn, quote unquote. Yeah. Because she, she has Evelyn's DNA, but, and was like made from her. That actually, that'd be very, but it, they make it seem like she doesn't have any memories basically before she was like, quote, born, you know, yeah. at age 40 or whatever. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how she learns the cloning process more, how she starts to question herself. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We already saw a little bit of that with her discomfort. I mean, that scene was, you know, pretty gruesome with like when they have to kill the the one clone and yeah, this fine line between, okay, they, they really try to see the clone in that moment as just like a specimen, but it's totally a person. Yeah. Yeah. Ick. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't know. Yeah. What's that? Go ahead. What were you going to say? Oh, just back to your, you know, original question of um, eliminating flaws in, in people. I, It's kind of like what we were talking about earlier of having robots run certain things. Like, yes, that'd be really efficient at the airport. But again, do you lose connection? I mean, those baseline jobs and things, are we going to become so black and white with how things work that we're not going to have patience or understanding um, or ability to think outside of alter like think of alternatives if something didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I need to send you this um, short story podcast. I just listened to, I'm going to, I'll find the name of it for the podcast. Um, we'll just listen to the short story that was uh, based on kind of a, it was a set in a scene in the future where like stores were run by robots and what would that mean? And would they kind of, if something went wrong, quote, in the real world, like would the robot know how to respond and know how to adjust, like thinking of the airport, you know, um, like maybe it actually would be, it's very tempting. I'm like, Ooh, I would like robots at TSA. And then also you think about the times that someone is, you know, five minutes away from their flight and like the person who works at the airport helps them cut everyone else in line. And, you know, could that still happen in that situation? Totally. Totally. Or, you know, there's a failure in the system or, you know, someone's mom dies and they need to rush to get somewhere. Exactly. Will there be that sense of understanding? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and with the little interactions, I think I maybe read something about the different kind of ways we interact with people. And if it's, you know, the, the people that you, for example, talked with the grocery store, how that seems like a very kind of disposable relationship in many ways. Like, oh, that's not really adding value to my life. It's just this superficial kind of saying, hi, how's the weather? But actually, the studies show like those are really valuable 
for people to have. And it's it's okay that you never get closer to those people. Like that's something you need in your day is those kind of random interactions. Totally. Totally. I agree. Um, but a robot, I guess, could ask you that. Yeah. <laughs> they can make them nice. <laughs> yeah do you have any other predictions for the second half of the book I feel like I'm uncertain of how it's gonna go I think there's like gonna be some kind of eventual conflict with Evelyn and Martine I don't know what's gonna happen with Saeed is that how you say his name Saeed Saeed or Syed I'm not sure yeah yeah um some I don't know what's gonna happen with him and you wonder if, like, Nathan's clone's going to come to surface. Yeah, like, are they going to pull it off? Yeah. Do you think they're going to get away with it? No. <laughs> <laughs> Do you? I feel very conflicted. I think it's funny because... I'm rooting for them, but then when I think about it, I'm like, should I be rooting for them uh, that they pull this off? Um, it's a pretty messed up thing that they're doing. I think, I feel like it's possible that they could or that they're going to get pretty close, um, but I feel like there's definitely going to be some kind of hitch that comes up. And then with Syed, it's like, he's probably the most likable character in the book. Um, and and then, but then you find out this thing out, he's been like stealing from the lab the whole time. Um, so then that makes me question him. And it also seems like I've been kind of wondering, was he stealing for Nathan's lab? Like I'm kind of, mm. that's what I've been, I'm like, oh, who else wanted her technology? Nathan, like he was trying to make it. Um, so I'm kind of wondering if that's gonna come into play in some way. Um, and. Yeah, and then the big question is, like, okay, does Martine, first of all, does she have this baby? Um, does she actually give birth? Does she go off and live in the real world? Or is something going to happen to her and she, like, is killed or kills herself, maybe? I feel like maybe? The, whole, the whole baby thing is going to end up revealing it all. It has mm. to. And then yeah. all of Evelyn's research is going to be basically tampered with. I mean, because it... She basically said that that couldn't happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what's what's crazy, though, is the way that Evelyn sees it, like, that would ruin her research. Obviously, it proves that these clones can have babies, but, like, it wasn't her research. It was Nathan's research. Um, but so I'm wondering, you know, maybe if in the paperwork he was kind of actually operating in a way that made it look like her research or why she feels like his work reflects on her so much. Do you think she's going to choose parts of Nathan not to clone? Mm, is she going to change him? Like, is she going to change him to get back with her? Mm, yeah. yeah. Or, I hadn't thought yeah. about that. Or somehow, yeah, have his his flaws are different or... You wonder. Yeah, because, I mean, that would, in some ways, I guess, solve their problem in the best way. If he went back to being married to Evelyn, 
And he went back to doing his research and maybe he could even work with her because then he, you know, he wasn't forgetful or cut corners anymore. And then Martine went and moved across the country. But then, like, you know, could Martine function without him? And would she want that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely unclear what Martine's, or if Martine even has, I guess, desires or motivations. Besides pleasing yeah. Nathan. I mean, she's mm-hmm. programmed to please Nathan. So could she even, if once he's recreated, how could she move away from that? Yeah. Oh, these are lots of things I hadn't thought about. I'm really excited. Yeah, me now, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it makes me appreciate the book a little more. I've actually been enjoying, like we were saying in the beginning, I definitely wouldn't have chose this book by myself. Um, yeah. But it's kind of fun. Good. I'm glad you're enjoying it. I am too. Yeah. And yeah, I'm really liking stopping and talking about books with someone halfway because usually I'm just kind of rushing through books as quickly as I can. Yeah. And it's so much more fun to actually stop and dissect it all and think about it and hear someone else's how they've experienced the book totally yeah i agree i i completely agree it's um it's kind of refreshing and having questions is it you know it's stuff we did in school but you don't really do it anymore yeah yeah that's what i like is it's like it's like fun homework (laughs) totally yeah 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 for sure all right listen up i want you to be on this podcast like really your voice on this podcast I want to hear what you think about the books we read, the music we talk about, all of it. If you sign up for my newsletter, you can find out ahead of time what books, music, or other topics we'll be discussing on upcoming episodes. And then you can either submit audio messages that I can play on the podcast, or I might actually bring you on as a co-host for a full episode. Hearing from you makes this so much more fun for me. So please wiggle out of your little shell and take the first step by signing up for my newsletter at donttalktomepod.com. Oh, and you know that thing they all say about, please leave me a review? It would be really cool if you did that, so give it a thought. Thanks. Talk to you next week.